0: Good morning, church. Hey, here we are. I don't know if you can relate at all, but coming off of Thanksgiving, I feel like I'm, I'm battling a little bit of a Thanksgiving leftover coma. Is anyone having like a, a turkey coma going on? Maybe for me, it's like the stuffing and the bacon dressing. Anyone in, in the house love that? Yeah. What a good time it is to celebrate with family, to be thankful, to appreciate what we have all around us. As we begin to look a little bit deeper into Psalm 100, we can see pretty quickly that this psalm does not begin like most other psalms. Instead of opening by talking about God's supreme power or his character and all of the wonderful things he has done, instead we see Psalm 100 opening with this general simple command for the earth to worship God and to come before him with songs And shouts. And we're not just talking about any kind of random songs or the songs that maybe you sang in the shower this morning. The Bible specifically tells us that these are to be joyful songs and joyful shouts. When you hear those words joyful shouts, I'm not exactly sure what comes to your mind. Maybe you're thinking of someone who just received some great news. Maybe a joyful shout is that person who just had some great success, but when we look at the original meaning of the word joyful shouts here in our passage, it tells us kind of of this idea that you would see when these loyal people are, are presented with their king. When the king comes before them, these are the kind of happy shouts they would give when he is in their presence. And so we quickly begin to understand that these joyful shouts are not coming from a place of obligation, they're not coming from a place of fear. These joyful and happy shouts are coming from a people who know their king and have grown a love and an appreciation for him. As we begin to think through what this means for each of us, as we listen to the commands of Psalm 100, we recognize that as we truly make God the king of our life, when we begin to understand who he is and what he has done, these commands, instead of simply being commands, become an invitation to approach God in the manner he deserves. Our joyful worship isn't something we do to butter God up or make ourselves feel good. It's simply a response to the wonderful God he is. In Psalm chapter 34, after explaining all of the incredible things that God had done for him, David follows up by writing, taste and see that the Lord is good. And of course, David isn't talking about God as some Thanksgiving meal that we can physically taste, but instead what he's doing is he is telling his readers to try God by experiencing him themselves. While sharing what God has done for him personally is so powerful, David understands that there is a difference when someone truly experiences God for themselves. It changes things. And things don't change because all of your problems go away. Things don't change because the world becomes this magical and perfect place all of a sudden. No, things change when you experience God because his presence is powerful and it transforms you. Whether it is your attitude, your perspective, your purpose, your desires, the list goes on. Things simply change and they change for the better. No matter what you're going through in life right now, I want to remind you that your absolute best solution is to seek God and experience him. If you have a broken relationship, seek God. If you're struggling with addiction, seek God. If your finances aren't what they need to be, seek God. If you find yourself today in a situation where you just don't have the answers and you don't know what to do, seek God. I'm speaking to you from my own personal experience. So stop trying to come up with your solutions. Stop trying to figure it out on your own and looking inwardly to yourself. Instead, just seek God. And while seeking God happens in moments, seeking God as a whole isn't a moment. It's a lifestyle. I'm talking about continually engaging in prayer constantly taking time to read God's word and setting aside moments to sit and listen to God's voice. And sometimes, you know, the best way you can seek God is to cut some things out of your life that are holding you back from truly experiencing him and meeting with him. In the end, God is the one who can provide the strength you need to make it, He is the one who can lift your spirit when you are down. He is the one who has the answers when you cannot find solutions. He is the one who can provide help when it seems there is no way out. And so as we try to get ourselves to a place today where we can follow these commands from Psalm 100 and shouting with joy to the Lord, worshiping him with gladness and coming before him with joyful songs, I don't believe the solution is to simply remind ourselves that these commands exist. I think our solution is to truly experience God, and when we do, it will change our hearts and our perspectives, and joy will be our natural response as we approach our good God who loves and cares for us so much.
1: Growing up, one of my favorite Disney movies was Toy Story. I always loved the Toy Story series, and I still do today. It's probably one of my favorite. Uh, Real quick, uh, if you're Team Buzz, raise your hand. Team Buzz. Okay. Team Woody. Same as First Service. First Service said Team Woody. There was a lot more of you. Uh, It must be the Cowboys up here in Pennsylvania. That's that's what it must be. Anyway, if you have not been following along in the series or you have absolutely no idea what Toy Story is, uh, they are on movie number four starting, I heard rumor that Toy Story 5 is actually starting, but in Toy Story 4, Woody and Buzz no longer belong to the boy named Andy, but they now belong to a little girl named Bonnie, right, little Bonnie, and Bonnie is going into kindergarten. I don't know if many of you remember going into kindergarten. My son just started this year. And just like any other kid in kindergarten going into something new, you kind of have some nerves, right? You feel a little lonely, a little scared. And so Bonnie is feeling the pressure. And she goes in very lonely and has no one to talk to. It looks like the other kids might have been there for a while. So her teacher sits her down, and she sits there. And Woody, her toy, um, comes over and throws some garbage that he finds up on the table. And Bonnie starts creating a friend. Out of some pipe cleaners, some googly eyes, Play-Doh, Popsicle sticks, and of all things, a plastic spork. She makes a friend named Forky. Forky. Throughout the whole movie, you see Forky keep running back to the garbage can because he believes that he is just trash. And Woody, throughout the movie, he chases after Forky and throws him back up on the table and gets him out of the garbage because Woody knows that to Bonnie, Forky is not just trash. Forky brings her joy and that Bonnie wants to have a relationship with Forky. She created him for a reason. As little kids, we read and hear that God created everything, right? In Genesis, God created all things the earth, the universe, animals, trees, us. And as a little kid, you kind of feel small in that big universe. Even as an adult, when I look at, you know, even just the state of Pennsylvania, I'm just like, wow, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of things, and it's so much bigger than just here. And so sometimes I even feel small in this great big universe Universe that God has created. How can we compare to this greatness? When we read verse 3 of this passage, to know that the Lord is God, It's talking about to acknowledge him as the one who created all things. Yes. We're reminded that he created us, but not just as an individual. We were created as a body of believers. We read in the Bible that it says that God created the the nation of Israel, right? God's people, the Israelites. Those that believe in God. He formed the nation. God redeemed them informing them. He didn't just leave them there to fend for themselves, rather their creator, or should I say our creator. He wants a relationship with us. Doesn't want to just say, all right, I made you go. You could do it. But he wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to enjoy his creation. He wants to protect his creation but the thing is, we must acknowledge him as not just the Lord, right? We, we, we believe that he is the Lord, not just one of many lords, but that he is the Lord. But we also have to acknowledge not just that we know him as a Lord, but that he is acknowledged as the Lord God of our lives. The Lord God, our Lord, our shepherd, as sheep in his pasture, as the scripture points out. I don't know about you, but this gives me comfort. It gives me comfort to know I have a place to lay my head at night. And I have a place that I can rest. This gives me comfort that I know someone's gonna protect me. Someone's gonna provide for me. And because of all these things that God does for us, it motivates me and it should motivate all of us to want to praise him. We praise him because we're not created just to be trash, right? We're not created as garbage. We praise him because we're not created to figure things out on our own. We praise him because we're not just left to fend for ourselves, but that he sent Jesus Christ, his one and only son, down to earth so that we can have a relationship with him. That's why we have a reason to praise him. When we acknowledge him, at the end of the movie, there's a cut scene during the credits if you want to go back. I'm not going to spoil the whole movie. But Bonnie's going into first grade now. And at this point, Woody has gone off. I'm not, again, I'm not spoiling the movie for anybody. But now Jessie, the cowgirl, is there and she's kind of in charge of the group. And she comes home from the first day of first grade. She's like, oh, it's great. And Bonnie made a new friend. And Bonnie created... A friend, not just for herself, but also for Forky, and this is Knifey, all right? Uh, She's super creative with these names, and it's just a plastic knife that literally looks like Forky with blonde Play-Doh hair, and Forky's like in amazement. He's like starstruck, like a a high school boy at prom, and uh, he's like, wow, and she just, Forky, or Knifey goes, trash? Trash? because she starts at the same place that Forky did, and Forky goes, no, 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 I'm not trash, we're not trash, we are toys. And he says, unique, beautiful toys. He finally acknowledged that he had a creator, that he was created for a purpose, and that the creator wanted to be with him. When we acknowledge God as our creator, We praise him by knowing who he is and by sharing that with others around us.
2: Pastor and author Craig Rochelle tells a story about a seasoned pastor who at the end of each service liked to stand out at the doors and greet people as they were leaving just to connect with everybody. He also enjoyed hearing how God may have used that message to speak to them or the service as a whole. Well, one Sunday, the pastor described a different kind of scene that happened. It was an encounter with a guy named Matt. He had seen Matt around the church and noticed who he was, but didn't really know who or what his story was. Matt was in his mid-40s. He had some graying hair, some Wrinkles around his eyes. Hey, I get it, right? But there was a warmth to his smile. So while it looked like he might have had some rough times in life, it seemed as though he were in a better season. One Sunday, Matt approached the pastor after church and said, pastor, I want you to know my answer is yes. Now what's the question? The pastor looked at Matt curiously Poor guy. What does he mean the answer is yes? What's the question? Well, not wanting to make anything awkward for Matt, he nodded and shook Matt's hand and said, God bless you, Matt, and sent him on his way. Kind of the equivalent to us saying, bless their heart. How sweet. The next Sunday after church, Matt approached the pastor again. And he said, Pastor, I want you to know the question doesn't matter. My answer is always going to be yes. Yes. Once again, the pastor thought, maybe I'm not hearing Matt correctly. And the line was getting long, he wanted to keep it moving, so he just nodded and shook Matt's hand and sent him on his way. Again, the third Sunday in a row, Matt came up to the pastor and said, Pastor, my answer is yes, now what's the question? Not wanting to continue holding up the line, The pastor said, Matt, I want to hear that. Is there any way that you can meet me for coffee next week? Matt kind of laughed, gave the pastor his contact information and said, of course I can meet you for coffee next week. I told you my answer was always going to be yes. So on Tuesday of that week, the two men met up at a local coffee shop. And after some initial conversation and small talk, The pastor leaned in and said, Matt, I thought I was not hearing you correctly. What do you mean by your answer is yes, now what's the question? Matt said I wasn't always the man that you see before you today. I caused a lot of hurt, a lot of pain. I was addicted to alcohol, gambling, pornography, cheated on my wife, crushed my kids, caused all kinds of pain. The pastor could see tears starting to fill in Matt's eyes and assumed that they were tears of regret and shame until Matt said, but you see, pastor, I am so thankful for those lows of lows because that's what helped me to be open to Christ. When I hit rock bottom, a friend brought me to what is now our church and it was there that I learned about the forgiveness of Christ. I said yes to God and I asked Jesus into my heart. Then the man said, Pastor, that's why I want you to know that my answer to you is always yes. Because of how Jesus changed my life through our church, I will be available to him and to you no matter what the question. If the lawn needs to be mowed, I would be honored. If a single mom needs some extra money, I will give without hesitation. If a widow needs a ride to church, hey, I'm your driver. Pastor, I want you to know that my answer is yes. So just let me know the question. Psalm 104 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. I have a friend whose company installs access control doors. I had no idea what that meant until I heard him explaining it to some friends. These are the kind of doors that you would most likely find when you go into a school building. Or maybe there's a security area that you need to have special, special access for. So you need to have a type of credential. Maybe it's a FOB or a PIN number. There are some places where somebody has to buzz you in, much like childcare centers or our next gen area, to keep everybody safe. Yet in the verse we just read, we're simply invited to go through the door into God's presence. We're asked to do it with thanksgiving and praise. The only type of credential that you need to have is a heart that is ready to say yes. And why are we asked to go into those doors with thanksgiving and praise? Well, because God is good. Verse five tells us that his love endures forever and he is faithful, we can trust all of his promises. When we choose to answer yes to the invitation to enter into God's presence, we will find ourselves changed much like Matt in the story that I just shared. We can give thanks to God in all circumstances. Whether you're up on the mountain feeling great or in the lowest of valleys like Matt was. Overcome with trials or blessings. We were all made for a relationship with God and the door to the throne room of God is open. You just need to choose to say yes and walk through it. Now you might say, but I'm just a teenager. Well, guess what? Teenagers can walk through the door to God. Or maybe you're thinking you have no idea how badly I messed up my life. Well, good news for you. Messed up people can walk through the door to God. Or you're having all kinds of trials all at the same time. You received an unexpected medical diagnosis passed up for that promotion again. Your final divorce decree came in the mail. Your house is about to be foreclosed on. Your world may be shaking, but Hebrews 12, 28 promises that those of us who choose to say yes and walk through the door with thanksgiving and praise into God's presence, we are promised a kingdom that is unshakable. The door to God is open. No fobs, no pins, no special to-do list. You just have to choose to walk through it. Walk into his presence with thanksgiving and praise because God is good. His love endures forever and he is faithful. We can trust his promises. Heavenly Father, I am so glad that you are good, you are faithful, and I can trust you. God, you invite each and every one of us into your presence, Lord. May we do that this morning with praise and with thanksgiving. Thank you that we don't have to have any kind of special access, just a heart that is ready and willing to say yes. It's in your holy name we pray, amen.